Welcome to Record Night. I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And what do we what do we do here at Record Night? Record Night, we pull a theme out of the hat, and then we bring two other record based on that theme. We show two to each other. We talk about it. That sort of thing. Sound right to you? That sounds right. Okay. That, okay. That's what we hope to do. That's okay. what we hope to accomplish. And so, if a people want to get hold of us, how can they do that? Hmm. We're all over. Uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, at Record Night. I think we're Facebook slash Record Night. Uh, Twitter, we're Facebook underscore Night. You mean Twitter? Where? <laughs> yeah. What did I say? You said you said uh, Facebook. We're at Record underscore Night, but but uh, Facebook is just Record Night. Twitter's at Record underscore Night. Yeah. 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 That's right. We're we're all a little discombobulated yeah. today. Um, Instagram, we're at uh, Record Night Pod, mm-hmm. all one word, or you can just email us at Record Night Pod at Gmail dot com. Yeah, you're a fucking luddite. <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> so we have featured artists today. Our featured artist is MZ uh, from I'm guessing from France because um, everything's in like their all the song names are in French and uh, they just released their newest record. They have three uh, records, single and a couple EPs before this. But the new record is called La Civilization de la Green. Straight from their uh, press release says, La Civilization de la Green, the third album of the project, is a musical reflection of the essence of our patriarchal organizations and our tendency to organize ourselves in civilizations. Certainly elegant, but undeniably unfair, ephemeral, violent, and wobbly. Eight pieces to try to analyze these phenomena. So it's eight, eight, uh, eight records, or eight songs or pieces. And it's, uh, it's like this... It's a mixture of like drum and bass and metal. It's like all kinds of shit. And it's mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's um, and it's it's instrumental, so uh, you can really sort of build your own thing. And uh, we're gonna play a song at the end of the show called Inket Pn. So uh, stay stick around till the end of the show. And we'll be playing the song by MZ. Uh, you can go to the uh, matziz records to find the artist. Also. MZ is found all over Spotify, any stream services. You can find their music, and uh, we certainly encourage you to go out and listen to them. I think that's all I got on that one. But yeah, MZ. Cool. Well, yeah, stick around till the end of the episode, and there'll be a whole track there for you to listen to. Yeah. Find some, just find some new music. Yeah, it's good times. So, what's our what's our um, theme today? Uh, well, we are on episode fifty-two. And it is post breakup. I know sadness, right? Or goodness, <laughs> this one. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, we all we each picked a record that is either post breakup of a band or maybe a, a band broke up with a member. You know, like that, that's also a, a possibility. Uh, or yeah, just after the famous thing, they did another thing. Or yeah. So if you came here looking for a good like relationship breakup album, we did that. Didn't uh, we? That that is not what we went with. Oh right, but did we have one of those? Do we have? We, do we need brick breaker workers? Did we? I don't know. Maybe. Surely we've done something along those lines where we've listened to a good breakup record. I mean, the the most recent breakup record I think we've listened to was um was Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's not this record though. This is the, so what did you pick? What did you bring for uh, post breakup? I brought uh, Megadeth's Rust in Peace. Ooh. 1990s Rust in Peace, right? 1990. Good year. Yeah. And I brought uh, Sean Nelson's and Make Good Choices. And I, I 
I'm, I'm excited to talk about both of them. But you know, I think I should... think I think these choices are are really interesting because think back, think all the um, way back to our episode uh, underrated. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what two artists we did? Was it was it Meta- I did Harvey Danger. Did you? And I did Metallica. Yeah. Interesting. So those are the bands that our two artists broke off from. Like they are always kind of paired up in some way. That is fucking weird. I didn't think about that, dude. Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> I, I had a few choices before this. I don't know what they are now because this one came on like duh. But because but again, this is a record that I don't think many people listen to. <laughs> in fact, I'm gonna do, go on Spotify right now. I'm gonna go to the monthly listeners for Sean Nelson real quick. Because <laughs> uh, I if I yeah. It, I'm happy with my choice on this one, but I was, I definitely listened to uh, a few like post breakup uh, albums, just kind of like walking around. And I was like, Ooh, that would have been a good one. Ooh, that would have been a good one. My mind went to stuff that w- I wouldn't normally pick like audio slave. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Audio slave. <laughs> Mine was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean Nelson, 406 monthly listens. Hey, we're uh, two of those. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I listened to it several times the past, like, I have this record on vinyl, too, so I have all these oh, damn. little tidbits on it, if I can bring it. I do not have my choice on vinyl, but I badly want it. I, I, I would think that another kind of podcast would be upset that we brought something that wasn't vinyl, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, they're not, they're not us. Oh, you know, hold on one second, I'm going to try to find that, that, that LP real quick, just one second. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I think I'm gonna go first. Is that good? Good to you? Uh, yeah. Do we have anything else? That's to say? allowed. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I brought, like I said, I brought uh, Sean Nelson's made good choices. Sean Nelson was in the band Harvey Danger. Uh, they broke up in 2009. Four years later, Sean Nelson's Make Good Choices comes out on Really Records. Uh, really Records uh, website is so uh, uh, so outdated that the this was released in 20, like I said, 2013. 20, yeah, 2013. And if you go to reallyrecords.com, this is the thing that shows at the front and it says to pre order it. So, um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I pre ordered this and I yeah, I was super fucking excited. Like, super fucking excited to get this. Um, like I said, Sean Ellis is a Harvey Danger. Harvey Danger released three records. Um, everyone's heard it. Flagpole said it from the first record. If you think you haven't heard it, you're a fucking liar because everyone's heard this song. <laughs> It's a, or you were born after the year, uh, I don't know, 2009. Yeah, I guess you're right, man. Uh, anyway, uh, Flagpole said, uh, and uh, then everyone thinks they just broke up, but they didn't. There was this fantastic record after that called King James Version, which no one listened to. And then on the third record, a little by we little, did, we did, we listened to it. Yeah, Little by Little came out uh, about five years after that, after I thought they'd broken up and they got back together and uh, a little, uh, a late teen Chris was jizzing his pants about it. Um, but, um, yeah. And also the, they're the first band that I know of that they released their record for free on the internet. Like they didn't stream it. They released it. You could download it off BitTorrent and they were totally cool with it. In fact, they, they have links to it. I know that Radiohead oh, did damn. it. I know Radiohead did that. Pay what you want, but Harvey Danger just said, release it for free on the internet. Cause when they were trying to release King James version, they had it done and ready for about a year before it came out. They talk about how stressful that was. So they took ownership of their third record and they put it out themselves. Uh, yeah, I I got the I got the digital version. Uh, I got the vinyl version when that was available. Um, and then uh, after about 
I don't know, a year or two after that came out, they decide that they're done. They, they get bands over. They get what they were willing to accomplish over. And that was it. Throughout the time that Harvey Danger were also not doing anything, Sean Nelson, he, between the years of 2003 and 2011, He'd really recently he's recording songs here and there, like some in mm-hmm. Din and all the stuff. And he was intending to release a record called Sean Nelson and His Mortal Enemies. And it was be him and like collaborators working together, putting out songs. And he'd been uh, teasing them on the Hard Danger form from so form. So by the time Make Good Choices his record came out, I've heard a lot of these songs. Right? They've been floating around. Uh, the reason why it finally came out is that he got married to his wife Shenandoah Davis, a uh, another musician. And she was like, "What are you doing with these songs?" Like, uh, I'm not. Doing... She's like, "Are you fucking crazy? This is a record. Put out the record." <laughs> so he compiled these songs and put out this record called "Make Good Choices." Uh, and we'll talk about if he did make good choices after listening to the sampler. Right. <laughs> Let's dig in. They only want to tell you when you're being self-destructive. I never had the energy or nerve. Just afraid of everything. 
So that was a little sampler of uh, Sean Nelson's making choices. Real quick, got a few things to say. Um, but I forgot to mention when I pre-ordered this record, it came with a uh, USB stick, and the USB stick uh-huh. had this record of Holdor saying "Make good choices," and the second floor it said "Not so good choices," which were outtakes on the record and like a few like they had like a country version of Harvey Angel song in there, like a like like Carlotta Valdez, but like they called it Texas, which I don't even know what they call Texas, but it was weird shit. <laughs> um, and it's but some people like it. I'm I'm not one of them, but uh, I do like this record. Um, but the thing is about Sean Nelson and the his affectation is a lot of the shit seems to people that who aren't like super fans. It's kind of unfair for me to read and talk about this record because I love it. But it's I can see how people think this shit is corny as fuck. So, but um. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't get a corny vibe from it at all. Okay. Uh, are you ready to talk about it, though? What were your? Yeah, in, I think so. What are your initial thoughts like hearing it? Um. You, I mean, you kept saying, like, Ryan, you're going to hate this. Uh, okay. I think you're going to hate this one, uh, which I didn't hate it, but I do think I appreciated the lyricism more than anything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the lyrics were really good on this, uh, and some of the songs I liked, uh, but it, I don't think it's bad, but it is kind of nestled in the camp of, like, not my thing. Yeah, yeah. If so, that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, Sean Nelson, his voice to me is, like, is if I were a singer, I'd aspire to have his range or whatever mm-hmm. he does. Like he has, he's a very, he's a very specific style to me. Um, I don't people. I've heard people comparing to Ben Gibbard of Death Cab, which which is kind of weird because because three of the members of Death Cab played on this record. Um, oh really? Chris Walla, uh, Scott Danborn, and Dave Depper all did some stuff on this record, like guitar, bass, harmonica. <laughs> or harmonies, not harmonica, <laughs> harmonies. And then the uh, Rachel Bloomberg of uh, December's worked on it. Um, and so, uh, and Matt Pence, who was a drummer, worked on, uh, did some of the playing on this record. Uh, again, uh, he, he, we essentially, when he was doing this record, it was hard to find people that would work without getting any money. <laughs> so, like, because, like, right. <laughs> uh, again, this was, a, this feels a lot like a compilation. Because mm. it kind of was a compilation. He has another record called Nelson Sings Nilsson, where he does all Harry Nelson songs, like with weird a, with a choir. Yeah, he's he's a weirdo. But um, <laughs> we'll we'll go through this. Track no, right. I thought I liked I liked his singing voice. I think like the overall vibe I got from a lot of the album was like it kind of sounds like they might be giants. It kind of sounds like Jonathan Colton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it's kind of like a lot of like that stuff even, in even, there, which even is some weird stuff like Randy Newman, like a lot of seventies influence in some of these songs. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about the first song called the world owes me a living. And I intend to collect. Now it starts out with a quote from a 1977 film with Jeff Goldblum called between the lines. It's about underground newspaper in Boston. It's not the point, but you know, <laughs> the, the quote is I, I spent years trying to find out where this is from and I finally watched this movie like a couple weeks ago for, for oh really it took YouTube. you that, that long yeah it took me that long and John Hurd's in it um it's 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 cool it's a, but it, like it's like punk rock newspaper before punk rock I guess was like super huge because it's underground newspaper you know the answer mm-hmm. to <laughs> I, like by the way the thing he says makes no sense whatsoever even in context of the film yeah, something about like uh, rock and roll uh, and hither, hither, and hither. Yeah. 
I mean, so many guys, people think it's either they're wrong, those theories are passe. But, like, um, so, uh, <laughs> even in context of the film, it makes no sense, uh, like, what he's talking about. It's just, it's just foolhardy, uh, foolhardy shit. But, it works at the beginning of this song. Uh, and I'm wondering why he chose to put it in there. But, the it's, the... So it starts out with this sort of ditty, this sort of, uh, I, I, by the way, I didn't take notes on this because I know like the back of my hand, like I just, I was in a riff on it. It's not, let's see how that goes. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it starts out with this sort of piano ditty and we get into this song about, about how, how he doesn't, how he feels out of touch with things and how the pressure's weighing on him. I guess is the best way to put that. Uh, and how he it uh, sounds like he feels entitled, <laughs> you know, like in this song, like like, <laughs> like even with his, uh, you know the world owes me a living, and so it I don't know. Yeah, I I felt like a big disconnect between how the track opens mm-hmm. with the little voice clip and the title of the thing, and then you listen to the song, and it's kind of just like I'm. A lot of it was kind of just like I'm lonely, and nobody's really like supporting me or listening. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe you can take this stuff and put it through the lens of like the music industry yeah, is not listening or unsupportive or like he's kind of working through his feelings about like Harvey Danger not taking off. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, but it sounds like he's he, it sounds like he's working, but he's getting nothing done. It's sort of like getting out right. of this. Um, and uh I think the only line I, I really love in this song is Adios Mi Corazon. Like, like the, to me, that's just, yeah. <laughs> it's from another, I laugh every time I hear it. Um, not really laugh, I just smile a little bit. Um, again, but I, I, one of the, um, uh, Sean Nelson's um, strong talents is being clever. And you'll find all these little clever things throughout the record. Um, yeah, there's some, we'll get, as the album goes on, we'll get into some more like just good lines. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really good shit on here. Uh, um, I like it. Yeah. This is kind of true throughout the whole album mm-hmm. is there's like a lot of like instrumentation, a lot of changes kind of within songs. Mm-hmm. So the stuff stays interesting. Like, especially this song where it's like, they're not like super obvious changes, but it's kind of like, wait, didn't this song start off as like a piano ballad? Yeah. Like, yeah. What is this? Yeah, they, 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 when it comes together, it's a full band piece. Like, like at first you think like like stuff comes in and that's like you said that's true throughout the whole record. Uh, it keep it interesting in that fuck me aspect. Sorry, I get burped. Um, but um, uh, <laughs> but we can move on to Born Without Heart, which um, I've yeah. heard I heard this song long before uh, I um heard it on the record. Um. Oh well, really? Yeah. So I knew the words to it right away. Like like or I knew it. Like. Because again, I'm a Harvey Danger nerd, so anything that had to do with those are the the members of that band, I have bootlegged or they shared it on the forum, and I knew this song already, and I love this song honestly. Uh, again, talking to a friend who's having like hard times and how you know they don't talk enough, but when they get together, they always sort of come they sort of come together, and he's sort of able to. To track how the person feels like you didn't have to say it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, when I was, like, reading through the lyrics, it felt like a response to the first track. Yeah. 
get that. Like the it the first track is one person, and then the uh, the following track is like that person responding to them. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Mm. Uh, but I like it. it. This one instrumentation wise, it sounds like it's two basses. Yeah, like it's the instrumentation, or it's like a guitar tuned really low. Yeah, um, like a baritone. But it's like I was listening to it, it's like it sounds like a bass kind of being played high up, and then like a bass line happens while that's still playing. And I was like, oh, yeah, it, it is a strange. Like it, I was trying to think, like because it doesn't sound like a guitar, like a regular guitar. It does have a weird. Yeah, because guitars do kick in later, and you're like, oh, that's what a guitar yeah, sounds yeah. like. Yeah, but at the beginning you're hearing like like this. Uh, yeah, you're hearing two rumblies. <laughs> so um. <laughs> but yeah, you're, I, I I do like um I do like this song quite a bit. It's the first song on this record that gives me goosebumps. Um, it, I I liked this one. I like the uh, I like the lyrics. That's gonna be mostly what I praise uh, throughout this uh-huh. album. Um, but I like the I know that we all die alone and afraid, but we don't have to live that way. Yeah, I do, I do like, like actually. Ooh, that's the, good. I like the line before. I know you're fighting by the phone. That that part, like that whole that whole couple. I know the. Hell, the, like the I know parts going through that, like because that's mm-hmm. when it kicks in and it has that. But um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, this, the like again, the these are not bad lyrics, and I I think they're clever. Uh, a lot of them, um, and it's what I dream of the Harvey Nature. I think, like, gave my love of that band, uh, like really take off with the, where the um, where the cleverness of of Sean, and uh, I. I can't be happier with this record. Honestly, it just, it sucks. He stopped doing it. <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah. He's not doing music anymore. Well, he, he released something this year called viral love, but that's been in the can for years and years. So I don't, it might be another 10 years before we get anything else from him. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> I bet. I like, again, he's, he's in Nashville doing whatever. I think him and his wife divorced. I don't know, <laughs> but, but, um, Time uh, to hop back on those Harvey Danger forums and find uh, out. Well, no, they shut down, and that oh, used to damn. that used to be a place I'd go to. I was like, okay, so it was Harvey Danger gone, but they'll always be here, right? Like I can I can talk to people I know there, and one day it's just gone. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like like damn, yeah. It's and I I'm I'm sure someday soon I'll go to HarveyDanger.com and it'll be like GoDaddy's trying to sell it, you know, and it'll be gone for <laughs> it'll be gone forever, you know, like they'll they'll be washed away. And it's going to be upsetting to me. Um, but we can go on to creative, dif- creative differences, I think. Well, so I do like the song. It's just not near my favorite. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I like I like the idea on it. This one took a little bit more kind of like, what the fuck is he talking about yeah, yeah. kind of things. But it seems like it's like he's willing to work on stuff, do something. But it's like he's not going to put in the effort. He's like, you do your symphony thing and all like he he'll be the cover band for the symphony i think is his thing or he'll be the person that takes a picture of a nice piece of art but he won't he's not gonna like put in the effort to actually do something with it i think my two favorite lines in the story it takes how gladly do to make myself unavailable to you <laughs> i like that yeah. a lot <laughs> um i mean I, i've gotten i've i've got i've felt that way in some aspect not like relationships or being a dick but like something like this is just hard for me, and like if I can't, if we can't do it, that's I mean, even better. But um, yeah, I, the song <laughs> called "Create Differences." It, and if you really look, look at it, all these songs, could be about relationships and all that shit. Um, maybe, <laughs> but but um, 
Uh, yeah, but that's almost true for any song. You yeah. think about it enough, you're like, oh, it's a relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, even even with that Megadeth, we're about to talk about, you get that. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, I like the part in this song where he shouts, just, it's a sad song. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff that he just says that doesn't show up on the lyrics. Like, 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 um, like in the last one, he actually says, it will always be living. I intend to collect at a point, like between the breaks of the song, it's like it's sort of like in this weird timbre, and you can't really hear it, but unless you listen for it, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But great differences. It's a weird song. It's it's not like experimental. It's just it's kind of goofy, <laughs> you know. Like like yeah yeah. That's that's kind of the vibe on this whole album. Is like it's all kind of like goofy, but I don't dislike it. Yeah, it's not jokes. It's not like j- I said. It's the it's the they might be giants or Jonathan Colton mm-hmm. vibe of yeah. just like it's it's like kind of nerdy. Maybe that's what oh, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is oh yeah, one hundred percent nerdy. Like like I feel nerdy talking about it, but that's okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of a nerd. Let's move on to Brooklyn Bridge, uh, where uh, he gave her a rose and she tore him a new one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I I like this song a lot. Uh, it's. It, it's got a few clever things like, um, for example, Brooklyn Bridge says, like, uh, you gave me a piece of paper that says, remember someone loves you. <laughs> it might as well be a good, it might, it might as well be a deed to the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, that good, that does me. So, like, um, you know, uh, this is about being with someone who's kind of shitty, you know? Yeah, just like a relationship where everything is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, that was also the line I wrote down. Yeah. Um, I, I like that one a lot. I, I mean, I like I like this. Like, I gave you a red rose, you went blue one. I gave you my heart, and you tore me a new one. I laughed my ass off at uh-huh. that. <laughs> but uh, the song, I, the instrumentation on this song is also really interesting because mm-hmm. it starts off with like this like bowed bass that's like super yeah deep and low right at the beginning, and you get exactly a half a second of banjo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And um, that's it. And then you never hear the banjo again. But you do hear piano, it starts out dun 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 you hear that boom boom. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it's a it, I like the instrumentation the instrumentation on the song. And to me, if you were to pick a song that's most like American songbooking, this would be it. Um uh, and uh it's it's a it's a goofy song. Like um, again, yeah. like there's like there's all these songs they, they they're not super serious. I'll, I'll change that. None of them like are like deathly serious songs. They all sort of like you said that it's easy to listen to in that that aspect because they're not to me. There's only one bad song in this record. <laughs> um, oh really? Yeah. And curious to see what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's one song that's barely a song, so we'll talk about that one. But um, well, yeah, one's like a filler track. Yeah, but, but Brooklyn Bridge, it's a cute song. Um, it's it's got a lot of instrumentation, and it's the one I hadn't heard before. Like these last two songs, I hadn't heard before before this record. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But this next song, so we did actually have some new stuff for yeah. this album. But we're gonna move on to track five. Make good choices. I've heard this song, and I love this song. It is. Sadly, probably my favorite song on the record. Like I, like so I knew it. Like, but it is my favorite song on the record. Making choices. Um, it's one of my favorites. There, there are three on here I like quite a bit. I wasn't quite sure which one I like the most. Um, the weirdest, one of the weirder things is like this track is set up almost as like a dialogue between two people, mm-hmm. 
But the setup for that dialogue, he says out loud, but it's buried under like effects. And the only way you can hear it is like if you're looking at the the lyrics where it's like And the surgeon said, said the surgeon to the widower or something like yeah, that. And the surgeon said the, to the Undertaker's widow. I promise. But I like to a lot of this like for example, they mentioned the the first verse mentioned listening to the chimes, and then you actually hear the chimes that they played. Like the chimes you see here, bung 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 like like the, the yeah, bell. It, he does a lot of cool stuff yeah. like that. There's like, and it's kind of like throughout the song that uh, it like rewards listening closely to it. You get like noisy guitar. You get an extra layer of like acoustic guitar that comes in. And At you, one point he does like a nose sniff. And he's <laughs> like. Yeah. Also, uh, there's a point where the bass, the, the they take out everything just to drums and bass, which is yeah kind of amazing. Uh, this has a full of great lyrics like, um, a wise old man once once heard to say the things that always cause us the most pain are those from which we are always the least prepared to walk away. Like, like, yeah, I liked, uh, nothing is more charming than a narcissist with whom you've just agreed. Yeah. Make a choice. Thank you very much. Indeed. Um, like, <laughs> like also working, I, yeah, I don't think about it. Working in the song, uh, title in through this, uh, like, Fucking yeah! Like, like he gets it done. Like for like um, oh man, like using terms like esprit de corps, like morale, like that, like <laughs> just fucking like nerdy shit like that. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I the reason why I, in the clip I used that last part of it because that's when the whole song comes together. Where you sort of understand like how much he hates this person. You know, uh, I used to dream really night. I'd wake up dream dream wake up screaming. You know, like. Oh man, I love this song so much, and uh, it's a great track. My brother thinks it's the only good song on the record. Sadly, <laughs> I disagree with yeah, that. I disagree with that too. Um, but it's a, but it is a track that um, he will listen to independent of me, like in the car or whatever. Like like <laughs> he'll listen to it by himself. Um, I saw them play this live, you know, uh, not in person online. <laughs> like one of those bands that are artists I wish you could see live. Is Sean Nelson slash Harvey Danger? Um, sadly, the uh, base Harvey Danger has passed, so I won't get to able to see that probably ever. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I I go online and I just look at live live performances of Harvey Danger in this song, and he played this. Uh, I can only find one um, one video where he played this on a morning show, like in like Seattle somewhere. So. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is um, that's make good choices. Uh, the titular track and a great track by itself. It does get noisy. It, it there's all kinds of stuff in this song, but it's it definitely. Yeah, but it's not like not like a noise track. No, no, no. Uh, you know, noisy by by standards of this record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we're gonna move on to advance and retreat, which is my probably my least favorite song on the record. But I know all the real songs, all lyrics to every song on this record. Like it doesn't matter that that it's the worst one to me. Uh, it's it's just it's just it's just middling to me. I, I don't know. Like I didn't yeah, I didn't really have any like strong feelings about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly a piano song, which I'm typically whatever with anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the sound of the- of the piano is really weird though. Like there's like some extra noise in there. Like, I don't know if it's somebody like shifting in their seat or like they mic the keys and the pedals, but I feel like mm-hmm. you hear a lot more stuff on the, uh, on the piano. Like when you hear somebody on the guitar and you can hear them like fretting, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It, it reminded me of that where it's like, what is this extra sound? I can't quite figure it out. And that, that, that's, that's the truth throughout the whole record. There's a lot of stuff. I'm like, what is that? I'd like to know what yeah. that is. Um, and that, that to me, that shows that he was at least paying attention to, to it. This has a few good, good lines in it. Um, but, uh, you know, like uh, I've got, I've got a good line. Okay, we've right. got advance and retreat. You say you don't like it when the words are too sweet, so you dip them in acid and then impassively ask why the skin's melting off of my face. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do love like, like even if it's my least favorite song, it's got some, um, it's got some really uh, good, like, tasty lines in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's kind of like you know just a weird relationship dynamic of just this like. It's not really like getting better or getting worse. It's kind of like you know, it's it's advancing. So anytime they make any progress to further the relationship, they will do something to kind of bring it back to you know, center. It's like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, or one step forward, one step back. Yeah, I was I was just quoting Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yes, because Olivia Rodrigo is the person who came up with that. That's exactly true. She's a, she's a pioneer. Um, but um, <laughs> no, I also like a uh, snatch and chill from the jaws of such heat. Just that line is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do want to talk about ski lift incident. Uh, yeah, just a short little story filler track with some like piano and strings. It sounds like he's singing. Like it sounds like they've just mic'd the piano and he's singing over that. <laughs> like that. It might be. Yeah, but I can tell you one thing is it's kind of weird because this is. It's it's kind of timely with the overturning of Roe versus Wade when the you know I don't know yeah but I don't I guess I don't understand his story okay so for example he someone, says like someone asks when do you think life starts and he says I don't know so they jump off the ski lift so what I'm getting is that he he doesn't know the answer so he's willing to risk his life being you know, doing this but this Christian woman always say has a has uh, thinks she knows, so she falls off. If she knew, like she she knows the answer, and so he, he, responding to that, that's when we, I'm the I'm totally guessing. I saw like anyone talking about. I don't, but um, but yeah, because it was like I was sitting there like trying to pick it apart. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> I cannot figure out what the fuck the point of the story is. Yeah, it's because he says I don't know, and then she jumps off the ski lift, presumably plummeting 50 feet. Yeah. Probably because he didn't know the answer to her question. Well, I think, I think is that she knew the, she knew when she, she knew she, she thought like she, he didn't know the answer, but she thinks she knows the answer. So her having the answer, she, we shouldn't be hanging. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, Yeah. That was my problem is like, if, if there's a point here, I'm missing it. I don't, I don't understand. Like, okay. So if she thinks life starts at conception, what does that have to do with jumping off of a ski lift? Good point. I don't understand how they're connected. You have four sentences here to tell a story and I don't get what you're talking about. Well, um, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, you're trying to get. I'll talk about this in the last track. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit, but um, we can so we can move on to, to uh, the next song. More good news from the front. This is a. 
this song's a bit weird. I like this one. It's gallop, It's got like a galloping feel to it. And you know what it sounds like? What's that? At least musically, it what's sounds that? like the Talking Heads. Yeah, right. I did get that a little bit. Yeah, fuck, dude. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. Um, but uh, I, I like this. I like this one. It's it's a sort of it's sort of it's almost a filler track to me, but uh, it, it falls out of that because uh, how different it is to basically the rest of the tracks on this record. Oh, this was another one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. okay. I like it, it. It does that kind of like talking heads thing where it's like it's kind of repetitive mm-hmm. and it, it kind of builds this thing, but it pays off through like the melody and the way stuff's like phrased and how like it'll like build up and then drop back into that little like repetitive phrase. Well, and I, it, I don't know. It like feels like comfortable and satisfying every time it gets well, back to it. Yeah. That, that's why I was getting when it, not just the lyrics are clever, but the way that they're presented, like the, the melody, you know, cause yeah, cause it's almost like it's falling apart, but then in the end it comes back. It snaps back in the place. So it's like, it's like pulling a rubber band and like it snap back. But uh, I don't know. It's just, I think it's really cool. Like, the the vocal pal- melody the vocal pattern on this one is probably the most interesting on the record I think yeah I think overall this is probably like the most just like interesting track on the mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. Um, I like the line uh, you can hide or choose a side satisfied or horrified <laughs> yeah I'm both oftentimes um, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, the one track on this record that is a cover song is I'll Be The One. Uh, Bad Finger. And it's like painfully obvious that this is a cover. Oh, yeah. yeah, Because the lyrics are so di- like like so droll. Everything like, about it's so different. Like you, it's like, you know, it's I listened to this track later on. Oh, the, the, the original Bad Finger one? Yeah. So when you said it was Bad Finger, you told me it was a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew going into it, although I probably would have picked out like something's weird about this track. because It's got like a normal song structure. He kind of falls a little bit more into doing like country style stuff. Yeah. You said bad finger. My brain went gold finger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, like a ska there, band. He's doing like a, yeah, he's doing a, a, a country cover of like a ska punk song, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was not the case. And it's actually a pretty straight up cover of this song. Yeah, because it sounds a lot like the original cover, original song. And I, I knew that I, when I knew this, I'm like, this is painfully obvious that it's a cover. And the fact that the lyrics aren't, are pretty like standard, you know? Like they're, the, you know, whatever. It's just, it's a it's cover of a sixty song, and it sounds like a cover of a sixty song. Yeah, and it's got you know some pretty. We haven't really pointed it out, yeah. but the song structure on a lot of these songs is a little weird, kind of yeah. out there. Yeah, there's not. I, I think that's one thing that's really impressive about this album is there's so much interesting stuff happening, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't seem like it's like that weird of an album. Right. Yeah. Like it see, it seems like it's pretty normal and straightforward, but then you sit down and you like actually kind of like pay attention to what's going on. Or at least when you're confronted with like, Hey, this is what a normal song sounds like. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. And the way I describe this record is you can listen to it with your parents in the car, which is a awful way to put it, <laughs> but like they won't be offended by what they're hearing. Uh, musically. Or, right. or and there's a bad, there's a bad finger cover on yeah, here for them. Too. I know. I mean, if you, uh, that's, I think that's like grandpa rock. Like, you know, uh, not dad rock. But yeah, so the structure of this one is you've got verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, and then it's over. Yeah, and that's that's the probably the yeah the most conventional song you got on the record, like conventional wise. And, and it's, it's like 
four lines of verse, four lines of chorus, four lines of verse. It, it like it's just so structured where I feel like the other stuff is just kind of it's it's more like loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. <sighs> but hey, it's a cover track. I don't yeah. really have too much more to say about. Also, it. Also, I heard this. I heard the cover before uh, it came out. Like it, it was shared on the Harvey Danger website somewhere. It was it was dropping mm-hmm. stuff here and there. I I, mean, I ordered a CDR from like from I think like the the bass player Aaron who had, who had these songs or or whatever. But it came. I bought. But it's paid like five bucks. And I got a CDR in the mail. Like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But let's go on the price. Of Damn, doing- they couldn't even send you a CDRW. I know, right? I, I could have used it over and over again. Um, but uh, the price of doing business. Um, this has this. Is, uh, I want to mention that this song actually, uh, it was co-written by Peter Buck of REM. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will say, uh, I think of the tracks, uh, the. Ski lift incident excluded. This might be the only one I don't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a Smash Mouth song. It has <laughs> it has that very specific keyboard sound that Smash Mouth really likes to oh, use. That when yeah. the track started, I was like, yeah, was like this sounds like a fucking Smash Mouth song. Like he doesn't sing like Smash Mouth, but the music is like you get that you get that singer on it, and it's. It's an instant Smash Mouth song. La 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 la. But, um, <laughs> I do like uh, the, the 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 honestly the one thing that seems to me about this is um is the line that says uh oh congratulations on a great success it's comforting seeing you're still a mess and he goes I hope I didn't say that out loud <laughs> which, yeah which I, I I laugh at that but this the, again okay as close to a a close to a fuller track as it gets on this one. But still, to me, I, I still like sort of things like um, I still bump you now and then. I was thinking talked about the ass, by the impact. So um, I don't know. But yeah, I get the the Smash Mouth thing, and I didn't put that <laughs> together until just now. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I hear, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I like I I like the lyrics on this one pretty good. You said the line I wrote down, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just kind of like leaving people behind or thinking you're better because you're successful. Yeah. Another, um, another corporate America just, song. <laughs> yeah. But actually you're just, you're more, you're the same person. You just make more money or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Uh, let's move on to uh, the stupid in 25. The incredibly sad shuffle. Exactly. Um, I, this song it's, it is a shuffle, um, but uh, it but, sounds like a lounge song to me. Yeah. I get that too. Um, like if he put on like a lounge singer voice, the music would be perfect. Um, I actually like uh, Stephen Twenty Five quite a bit, um, but mostly again for the lyrics. Uh, to me, it's I've, I've said this a lot, but a Great American Songbook fits in this one to me. Like uh-huh. you know, like like a, a 50s, 60s, 70s type vibe to it. Like like you said, lounge song, dude, dude in a hotel lobby can sing this song, and it wouldn't sound out of place. <laughs> oh, okay, no, not a dude in the hotel lobby from the sixties or seventies can sing this song. It would sound out of place because I'd feel weird if I went to a, sh- a lobby and saw Sean Nelson singing this song. I just don't think it, I just don't think it would. Oh, do I'm it. sure you'd love it though. Oh, I'd be like, dude, that I'd, I'd be sitting down and I'd I'd have to contain my excitement to Leah saying, "That's that's fucking Sean Nelson." Like, like, a, <laughs> uh, I but I like this one. I mean, the lyrics are. 
kind of what it says. Uh-huh. It's about just like a incredibly sad, shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, just it, like all the lyrics are just like every new line was just like, yeah, I hate whoever he's singing about. He sounds like an asshole. Yeah. And th- that's I think he's talking about himself, too. Um, so for yeah, example, maybe yeah, at the end, he's saying um, we only stick, we only we only can six. We're stupid in 25, some worse than others. And some we regret for the rest of our natural lives, which means that he's still dealing with mistakes that he has, he has made at 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like, so uh, I, I do like this song though. Like it's, it's not bad to me. Um, it's got interesting stop, stops and starts in it. And uh, again, the, the lyrics in it, just keep it interesting and, and clever. And I want to say cute, but that's not the term because it's a sad song. Right. I like the line of uh here's your distance, you can keep it. <laughs> yeah, um sturdy is a max uh you keep your close close friends close uh keep your close friends close and your sick fans closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you know, uh but yeah, there's all the great little lines in this one and it's just it's just sad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> incredibly sad. Yeah, the incredibly sad shuffle. Uh I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, well, let's move on to Hello hey, Millicent then. Hey Millicent. hey, Millicent. So, uh, Sean Nelson has this thing, uh, that he said in a few songs, Harry Angel songs, like he, he doesn't see arrogance as a bad thing, right? So, he says, Hey, Millicent, you're very arrogant. Hope you know me well enough to know. I mean, that as a compliment, right? Uh, right. He, he's mentioned that he, he's arrogant and he thinks, he thinks that's fine. He, he finds it an admirable quality, you know? <laughs> like, for example, in, um, the song called, uh fuck, Pike Street Park Slope. There's a line that says, "Um, pomposity is when you always think you're right. Arrogance is when you know." So like, uh-huh. so <laughs> I, I I put that those two together. Like I was like, yeah, it's a very Sean Nelson thing to say. <laughs> so what I got from this one was he's in love with somebody who kind of sucks, but yeah. he keeps just trying to like justify it. And she's sometimes leading him on by their, you know, their. They're they're fuck they're fucking or they're they're making out, and then she just ghosts him basically. Right. That's yeah. That's what I mean. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, but it's like that's kind of what I got from the arrogant line was just like you're arrogant, but like that's good. Like I like that, and yeah. it's like mm, I I think she might actually suck. Yeah. He's and a, but you just want to like you're convinced you actually like this person. Yeah. Yeah. He's in love with her. And he says uh he Millicent's no accident. The love we have is predetermined, predetermined, uh, and he goes, "That's true." I hold be itself, I've known, but, but like this is, uh, it's sort of, it's weird. It starts out with piano, and then you hear like these oohs and ahs, and you hear strings come in, and you hear like, like at the end, you hear like, "What is that noise?" Like I don't know what that is. Like, like, like again, this has a, a lot of interesting little runs that I can't, I can't pick out. Uh, yeah, there's like a little. Like some like xylophone or yeah, something. Yeah, in yeah, that. yeah. Or the some, end or part something. was really interesting. It ends uh, on this like little like woodwind thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made me. It reminded me of like you're not as familiar, but like the residents. They do stuff like that a lot on some of their other albums that we haven't listened to. And will I was we, just like, will we this sounds to, like a residents thing. Will we will we see residents come pop up again? And unless you yeah, think? we might. Okay, all right. I guess it depends on the theme. It does, doesn't it? Uh, um, this song was especially annoying to me because uh, the uh, the ad 
on the lyric website kept playing and interrupting the song. Oh yeah. And it was only this song, but it would like autoplay this fucking video ad like four times throughout the song. And I was like, fine, I don't care about the lyrics then. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. All right. Um, but you know, let's go on to the last song on the track that I have a little bit of trivia about. Um, okay. Kicking but, me out of the band, which t- is my uh, third and final favorite from this album. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, it's it, I like it. It tells the story of a shitty lead singer <laughs> or a shitty person from a band. Uh, like, starting in England, and then they get big, and then the guy joins a, <laughs> a super side project. And my favorite thing is he mentions Velvet Revolver, um, H- <laughs> HSAS and the Power Station. I think um, HSAS or the Power Station, I'm not sure which one, has like a member of Hall of Oats in it. But, but like, oh, really? Probably yeah. HSAS yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but I love the fact that like Velvet Revolver, like, when's the last time you thought about Velvet Revolver? Uh, probably the same year this album came in, out. In 2013, yeah. So, uh, I, by the way, this is a song I heard before. Um, but I think they, I think he re recorded it because it sounds different to me. Um, I like this song. But the the little trivia I have about it is the last line, the last the last chorus says Keith Gertrude, Richard Lou, and Elliot. So I know who all those people are, and I'll tell you why. So there's Keith, Keith Richards, right? Mm-hmm. Kurt, Kurt Cobain, John, John Lennon, Richard, we'll get to that. Lou, Lou, Lou Reed, and Elliot Elliot Smith. All people who are famous for their drug use. All of them. Especially uh-huh. Keith Richards. Now, I didn't know who Richard was. I, I racked my brain. And I don't know who... Uh, I was like, what's a teacher Richard? So, I went to Sean Nelson's Facebook. His personal Facebook. And oh I, I posted on his wall. And I go... I uh, I was like, okay. So, I know who all those people are. I said, Richard. Like, I went through the line. I'm like, Keith Richards, Kurt Cobain, John Lennon, Lou Reed, and Elliot Smith. But who's the Richard? And all he did is he replied to me. But he just posted a picture. And I had to do a lot of digging to figure out the picture of it was, and it's Richard Manuel of the band. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Which, who, I feel like you should know that. I should, right? I, I should. The band is Bob Dylan's backup band. Yeah, but Richard Manuel wasn't part of it then. But yeah, <laughs> I, Richard Manuel is the Richard he's talking about. Because uh, I thought, like, you know, all the other ones I was able to figure out to me, you know? Uh, and so, but that's a little trivia as I asked Sean Nelson personally. Who the fuck Richard was. <laughs> right. I loved the line, uh, quintessential power pop meets rock meets folk meets punk meets alt country, but with a healthy sense of metal. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's basically, basically everything. Um, yeah, it's more or less about a dude that keeps getting kicked out of bands for substance abuse issues and how he's kind of like, but you guys just don't understand me. I, I do like the line that says, uh, at midnight we are storing lines through fifty dollar bills. By sunrise we were loading rocks into glass pipes. Like, um, <laughs> I love that. I just talking about doing crack just like that. And you know, yeah. It, when you say loading rocks, that is a very drug thing to say. You know, right? Yeah. Like for example, uh, um, J- John Darnell of the Mountain Goats. Uh, he he we, he was talking about riding one of his friends. And then you mentioned smoking rocks. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like out of the blue, like when you say that, it's a very druggy thing to say, you know, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. But this was, you know, long before he was a, a famous musician and a, a father of two. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, I like this song a lot. It just tells the story of a shitty, a shitty dude in a band that's happened. I'm sure a million times before. 
Right. And I think that this track is the perfect transition into talking about mine because it's about somebody getting kicked out of a band and they want to make a huge band out of revenge. And that and they're also kicked out for substance abuse issues. That reminds me of Dave Mustaine. Oh, does it? Of Megadeth. Of Megadeth. Uh, real quick, I want to say this about this about make good choices. Uh huh. Um, I would I would do a lot. I would I would probably degrade myself quite a bit if we get another record out of Sean Nelson before I die. So um, <laughs> the again, this was it took him it took him ten years to record. Like like um. And, well, hey, one more year, one another more, ten years, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that viral love you put out was like a single for his new record or yeah. whatever. I've just, I've been checking Spotify every day. <laughs> but um, every day <laughs> almost uh they they finally been recently like, they finally just in the past like a couple months they've been posting b-sides and stuff for harvey nature stuff that was pre- previously only available through um through the like their website or like mm-hmm. or just on cd that have stuffed in the my drawer treasures of stuff that i know that won't be released digitally but they've finally been doing that so i can hear a few of my favorite songs anytime i want now very not, nice. Yeah. So not have to dig out your uh, your CD from your treasure drawer. Yeah, or my laptop because a lot I have a bunch of stuff on my laptop, my old laptop that is almost unusable now that has um tons of like bootleg stuff, but that stuff's on archive.org. Like I can go to archive.org and find um you know shows from the the Largo in the small room of the Largo where it's just a uh, where it's just a uh, Jeff Lynn and Sean Nelson doing piano versions of Harry Danger songs. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't do flagpole city on piano because it doesn't work, but they did a bunch of other ones. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Sean Nelson Make Good Choices 2013 on Really Records. I would recommend checking it out. Maybe bring that 406 uh, monthly listens to at least 407, 408. And um, yeah, let's talk about Megadeth. Let's do it. I've been waiting to talk about this one for a long time. I know you've mentioned it. Probably every couple, ooh, fuck, sorry, every couple episodes, because if I'm correct, you said this only Megadeth record you really know or like. I know a lot of Megadeth records. I think this is the only good album they've made. Okay, and but I think it's better than anything else that the other big four have put out. Oh, you think it's better than anything Slayer's put out? I think it's better than any Slayer. It's better than any Metallica. It's certainly better than any Anthrax. <laughs> yeah, we, you and I, we spend the afternoon uh, texting, trying to figure out we people love Anthrax. Yeah, I, they're they're important, but man, I do not get it. Except the uh, the one song they did with Public Enemy, "Bring the Noise," is <laughs> like it, that's like a perfect song. But uh, it, that's like the only thing of theirs I like. It's it's so weird that that, that like. Because I, I I really think we you and I were both were in the really like we're gonna find out what people like Anthrax and I just we just didn't get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Megadeth, mm-hmm. '80s thrash band. Uh, they are one of the big four, and so far we've actually talked about three of the four. Yeah, so we, we have mentioned earlier our underrated episodes got a Metallica album on it. Uh, we talked about Slayer for I believe Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now we're talking about Megadeth. The thing about about the eighties thrash bands, they all have sort of the same. It's not all of them, but they have sort of the same sort of a wheelhouse of lyrics. You know, um, there, I, it was kind of the same shit happening in the eighties. I mean, they're responding 
politically to stuff that's happening and they were all around at the same time. So it makes sense. Yeah. Like, okay. But yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted your Megadeth. Who's in Megadeth? It, it, you know, in general, like what is Megadeth? All right. So the reason it is post breakup is Megadeth really has like one member. Mm-hmm. It's the only constant member. It's Dave Mustaine who was kicked out of Metallica before they recorded their first album. Um, for substance abuse problems, and he had personal conflicts with people in the band. So his spot was originally like Kirk Hammett's spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he got kicked out and apparently was handled very poorly, and then Metallica went on to have their own substance abuse issues, and it was it was a whole thing. But I I completely understand the personal conflicts part because Dave Mustaine is a huge dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a complete, complete asshole. And um Yeah, uh which in uh I he's been kind of a dick the whole time, but he became more of a dick in two thousand four after an arm injury. He became a uh, a born again Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so now he won't play certain songs anymore. He won't tour with bands that have like into any sort of like anti Christian or anti religious messaging. Um, which whatever you're, whatever you're, you're a big Christian now, like you can choose who you want to tour with, but he's homophobic. He's anti-immigrant. He's pro Alex Jones. They actually have an album (laughs) called Endgame that is about, it's a concept album about an Alex Jones, like documentary. Yeah. He's a birther. So he didn't think Obama was born here. Um, and he believes in like false flags, like after the, uh, the shooting in Aurora, Colorado, um, he was like, "Are we sure the government didn't plan this?" Yeah, I. He's very like I was about to say, xenophobic, homophobic. He's all those things. Um, he's a shithead. Like in like it's yeah, not it's not completely shithead. It's not completely unexpected because these these lyrics aren't aren't the shit. <laughs> but um, but you know who he is. He's a pretty amazing guitar player. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of. Megadeth's creative drive was out of like revenge is he was like, fine, I'm going to make my own and it's going to be faster and it's going to be heavier than Metallica. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of why Megadeth sounds like how it does. And and I do think they are, I think they come off a little bit heavier and I certainly think they're better musicians. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was weird as far to... as like chops, you know, like all the solos on this thing rip. Yeah, fuck, dude. Um, um, but yeah, so that they had a few albums um, before this, but I didn't go with those because I don't like those. I like Rust in Peace. In yeah. fact, I love Rust in Peace. It's their <laughs> 1990 album, uh, platinum selling. Yeah, it's their most popular by far. Like, like if like uh, it's their best. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a live album, and the only live album is this record being played live. Rust in Peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is their first album with their like most iconic lineup, which has Dave Mustaine and has Marty Friedman on like lead guitars doing all the solos. His guitar shit is weird, man. Like he has like a if you go to YouTube, you can find the way that like there's kids out there they figure out the way he picks and how weird it is. I don't know if I've seen that. I yeah. might have to look yeah, into yeah, it. I'll, I'll send you a link to. It's fucking crazy. Like, I would try to explain it, but you really need to see it. You know, like, uh, and then it's got Nick Menza mm-hmm. on drums, and then David Ellison on bass. Yeah, the bass which, is color, by the way. Yeah, 
And he stayed. He stayed on as Megadeth's bass player for a while. Probably because he kept his mouth other... shut. You know, he's like, yeah, was, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because like they must think like he he's just he's just a shitty person. He's kind of an idiot too. Like, kind, oh yeah, kind of stupid. But he's a, a virtuosic guitar player. Um, uh, it it's insane how good he is. It in the weird in the solos on this dude, the star of this thing. Like, no, 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 no joke. But I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Uh, do I need to play? Do I need to play this? <laughs> no, no, I've got more to oh, say. I, I want to hear. Need to stop interrupting so I can finish. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, so like I said, this is the first album with this lineup. But do you know who originally was going to be the lead guitar player on this? Who? Dimebag Daryl was asked to be lead guitar on this, and he said no. Wow, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> and then so kind of showing off more or less either how lucky Dave Mustaine is or <laughs> how uncreative he is. He got this album title from a bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, he also got the band's name from just a random pamphlet. Like he's just, I don't know if he's just like looking around constantly being like, that'd be a good, that'd be a good band name. That'd be a good song name. Um, but it has artwork from the artist who did the peace cells, but who's buying album cover. Yeah, what's what's that? The, the dude has a name, right? Like that name. That he yeah. certainly does, but I not write it down. And I feel like you're calling me out. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's just. That, I'm sorry. I I don't know the name either. I thought maybe you knew. Um, it's just that he's kind of like the Eddie of Megadeth. You know? Oh no, Vic Rattlesnake. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I thought I thought you meant who painted the cover. Oh no, no, no. Uh, the, the their mascot because you know uh, Iron Maiden has their mascot. You know Eddie, and and mm-hmm. this, this Megadeth says uh, Vic the Rattlesnake. It's the rattlesnake, and um, I'm gonna find the artwork is by Edward J. Repka. Mm-hmm. It's got like uh, Bush and Gorbachev and who else on there? Like, a bunch I, of yeah, it's like a bunch there? of political leaders. Yeah, um, there. yeah but there's yeah. a lot. I don't. Yeah, but, here we go. It is uh, British Prime Minister John Major, Japanese Prime Minister Toshiki Kaifu. Mm-hmm. Um, German President Richard von Weizsäcker, Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev, and then uh, George H.W. Bush. And yeah, George Sr. Uh, yeah. And that's all I have to say about it beyond this is one of my favorite metal releases of all time. Uh, thrash metal. Or metal. No, no, no. Metal in general. Okay. Good. Not my favorite. One of my favorites. Okay, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you this way here. What's your second favorite? I don't know. This one's not my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Is Mastodon on there at any point? Yeah, it's probably... I think Crack the Sky might be my favorite metal album okay, right, since Crack. it's in, like, my top 10 albums of all time. Yeah. It's weird, like, like in the in the 90s and then, like, mid-2000s, like, it's when, like, metal had a revival, you know? Like, like, mm-hmm. like not just, like, not, like, you know, like... Because we had the corn there for a minute and, um, and Limp Bizkit and all those other quote-unquote metal bands... And then there was a response to that. I was like, no, we want fucking heavy metal. So, <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, Megadeth, they, I like their name because it, it, it incites um, terror of all the people who are parents in the 80s. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like Megadeth were like, this, like the most terrifying thing your child could be listening to. Um, but uh, let's, let's get into Rust in Peace. We'll play the, we'll play the um, sampler and then we'll get into it. Sound good? Sounds good to me. It's Megadeth's Rust in Peace. I will kill Brother 
as rust in peace it sure was okay so um this record inspired me to bang my head a lot good <laughs> yeah. I, that's uh that's what thrash metal is all about yeah and um uh I, I like this record quite a bit um i, I this one you know like sometimes i have to listen to stuff over and i didn't have a problem doing that with megadeth because there's yeah. always, always something going on with the guitar solos dude because that's the start of this record it's not they're Dan, ridiculous. It's not it's not Dan Mustaine's voice, which is almost laughable points. Not bad, just laughable. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never been a huge fan of his voice. It it works well, I think, for a limited amount of time, and that's like about the length of an album. And then I'm kind of like, all right, I don't think I need to hear Mustaine anymore because for he, a while. He, he has a, a higher register than um than anyone Slayer, anyone Metallica, and he I think some people in Anthrax. Because it, it, I think Anthrax can go higher, yeah. uh, but I think the Anthrax singer is a better singer, so his falsetto makes sense. Yeah, it's more so Dave Mustaine comes off as kind of like snotty, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Or he, he's just kind of got this like uh, like snotty bratty growl to it that I think he's trying to sound badass, but he kind of just sounds like man. <laughs> I mean, I get that from him just as a person too. That too, yeah, yeah, it very much shines through. But we can talk about um, this record, and we'll we'll praise them a little bit. How about that? So, yeah, so, we're we're gonna say a lot of good stuff about Metallica. So uh, with the big asterisks that Dave Mustaine's a huge asshole. Yeah, the, yeah, we need to make sure that we're not we're not like we're not like supporting his views at all. Uh, but <laughs> it's like it's like anyone who likes Morsi, you know, you, stop apologizing for him. He's a shitty person. Dave Mustaine. Right. So, anyways, I know big jump to Morrissey from Megadeth, but let's go back to Megadeth. Uh, we'll, All right, we'll, opens with "Holy Wars." Dot dot dot. The punishment due. So the song uh, obviously is in two parts, um, mm-hmm. which and, they do twice on this album. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They do the first track and the last track, really. So, uh, right, unless I, unless creation is part of this record, it's not right. It is not, and okay. I'm happy because that song sucks. That, yeah, it's scary. It, oh, God. I was listening to it, and I was like, God, this sucks so bad. This is a lame song. And I was like, that's why, because it's on the record. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, I hated it. <laughs> like, uh, But uh, but I, I did my research as that song was playing to make sure it wasn't part of the record. And I think expanded editions on Spotify, I guess. So, yeah, if you guys are listening to Spotify... And you don't want to like ruin your idea of what this record sounds like. Just make sure that you end it before creation starts because it's yep. a bad song. Oh god, I hate that song. Um, but um, <laughs> you were right, dude. Like, like it's late. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. Moving on to Holy Wars. Did you punishment do? Um, so it it's has about a, religious wars. Yeah, yeah. In almost, I mean, like 
Yeah, and I don't know if you read the story behind this uh, first part of his song, but it, um, he came with the idea. Oh, yeah, where he went, they were playing in, like, Ireland, Ireland or something like that, and he, he, him being a huge dumbass, said something <laughs> like, for the cause, and then started a riot because he just did not realize what it meant yeah. when he went there during, like, the middle of, like, a revolution happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of, like, uh, there's a lot of that throughout this record of him just being a dumbass, like, like just saying mm-hmm. stupid shit. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a little like anti religion, which I think they might have changed the lyrics a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more of like, like, it's, it's saying killing for religion is something I don't understand, which uh, in the 80s, almost all thrash metal bands, when they were talking about like wars, they were talking about it in ways that wars shitty, like like anti-war. Almost every metal band in uh, almost that thrash metal band, if they had like you know lyrics show, showing the horror of war, it was never like this is a good thing, right? Right. And so uh, the, 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 a lot of these songs on this record follow that line that war is bad, and we get it. <laughs> war yeah, is war is bad. bad. Nuclear industrial. Complex is bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, that all kind of holds up. Yeah, yeah, it still does. I, I agree with the fact that war is bad. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's got a long, thrashy intro. Fucking get, killer get a intro, bit of a dude. taste of, like, the guitar interplay. God, dude, I, I, I love the, 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 intro, the intro to this song. It's I, I love this whole track. Yeah. There's, there's one part that like it comes out of left field, but somehow works perfectly where you get that little uh, Spanish guitar interlude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Um, man, uh, I, I did, I, yeah, that, that little bit, I actually wrote, did that little bit, I middle Eastern feel from that little run. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just there just to, just a pepper with flavor. It's so good. Um, and then, uh, the punishment do, uh, yeah. the second part of this, it's, it's a little uh, slower. It gets a little slower. Um, it does, but then it gets to it gets really thrashy near oh, the yeah, end. Yeah, the, you get a nice like little tempo change for that section. God, the shredding in that 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 end of the song, dude. God damn. Just yeah, the- this whole album just has like they're all very like technical solos, but then they've got like they're like interesting and memorable, and I think that's yeah, honestly it's kind of what we're missing from a lot of solos nowadays. Is just like you don't get these. Like really iconic solos anymore. What, what I got is that it, also the solos they seem like they're they seem like they have a melody to them. Like they're, they're not just there to showboat. They add to the song in a different way than Absolutely. a lot of solos do. So like I can lose the Ingve Mouse team, and the, uh, he's a great guitar player, but I'm not getting a feeling from it. But from this, I'm just feeling the fucking aggression. And yeah, so that's that's what I get out of, out of this whole record, and that's what I think is so good about it. I'm probably gonna listen to it again after we're done recording. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah we're, we're we're sucking their dick right now. But this record, this record's a pretty good record. Yeah. Um, uh, but let's move on to Hangar 18, which, which has the, think... be, the best track, opening track, like like opening like to me the opening the instrumental intro to the song is just so good. It, it just, oh yeah, I mean this is probably the most famous track on the album, um, and it I probably a lot of it has to do with those just like opening chords yeah yeah the opening chords are definitely bringing in the song and nick menza wrote the lyrics to this song so we should keep that in mind that dave yeah. Mustaine 
didn't write the lyrics for this. But it, it's about, I'm sure it's about something Dave Mustaine's afraid of. There's a secret base where the world's being controlled. By computer banks. Of all yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, okay. Like, like, I, I gotta say, though, I really love the line, military intelligence, two words combined that can't make sense. Yeah, that's, is, that's pretty good. I, lo- I love that line. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, one thing, my brother pointed this out to me when we were younger, um, like first getting into Megadeth, yeah. and he was like, does it sound like he says, possibly I know too much? And <laughs> I can never unhear it, because he's like, possibly I've seen too much. Hanger 18, <laughs> I know too much. Because uh, like he pronounces it correct on the next line. Yeah, yeah, you're like, why would he change it? Uh, you know, the thing yeah. is, the thing is about this song, that, that, that we're, I think this is true with, the song features 11 guitar solos, but it's only five minutes long. That makes sense. Yeah, so I read that somewhere. Uh, oh, uh, genius! So I read it. That's right. Maybe I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't count them. Yeah, I didn't count them either. But, but uh, God, the the the, the all the solos in this are, are amazing. This song, but the first one is the one that really gets me. Really pulls mm-hmm. me. In. It just it just grabs my spine and just shakes me, and it makes. Me I happy. would say that the solos on this album are as important, if not more important, than the singing on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like, yeah, to me, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But this song's catchy too. This song, possibly, yeah, yeah. Like, like I like, I like this song, honestly. But it's good, and I like like the riffs are really complex and interesting. But then they've also they just got like a nice like groove to them as mm-hmm. well. They're not just for being a band that like wants to be like more technical and heavier than Metallica. It's like they found that right balance of like catchy and impressive and heavy without just being bogged down in being heavy and technical where you just kind of lose the music in it. Computer banks to rule the world. Yeah. But I'm- yeah. <laughs> um, and then the song is what's on the cover of the album. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's represented on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, it's, it's just, it's, it's scared of aliens and um, you know, the world and yeah. Hang your 18. Uh, it, uh, man, I, I wish I had more, uh, musical vocabulary to talk about key changes and all that stuff. But I just, all I can say is that the, the song is killer. Like, like it's a killer yeah. song. <laughs> and then we get to take no prisoners, mm-hmm. which I think is maybe the heaviest track oh, on yeah. the album. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. What I really like about take no prisoners is the, is the call and response. Um, Infiltrate. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was into that quite a bit. Like, uh, uh this I mean, used to be my favorite track on the album. Oh, what what is it now? We'll get to that maybe. Uh, I mean, Hangar 18, such a classic. It kind of changes every time I listen, but I think uh, probably Rust in Peace. I think holds up really well. That's a that that it's a pretty good closing ish track. It's this, yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, but yeah, Take No Prisoners. Uh, it's kind of short and sweet little thrash track mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's, it's unstoppable war machine it's the shortest track on the record isn't it i mean besides um uh besides besides dawn patrol yeah 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 um yeah so yeah it, i think this is only like three minutes or something yeah. um but it has a bass solo mm-hmm. oh, oh i love the bass solo the so bass much solo. it's it's almost as good as the maximum murder bass solo <laughs> which is completely different but um i uh, by the way i think that might come up it'll come up sometime even though what will uh rancid 
um, in oh, yeah. roles. Maybe someday. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a problem with um, Tim Armstrong, but uh, we'll move on. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about this today with my brother. Uh, you know, like he uh, he's responsible for bringing Brody Armstrong now Brody Dow of the Stowers come to to America from Australia, and they started dating when she was seventeen and he was thirty two. And I was like, Brody, yeah, Bro- Grody and Brody for real. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, take the take the prisoner. Sorry, um, got uh, uh, got some good lyrics. Uh, his voice works really well with a bit of like sarcasm in here, yeah. where he's like. Uh, war is peace. Sure, man. <laughs> um, but it, this whole thing has some pretty good lyrics. He's got a, he once had to be all he could be. Now he's no one for nobody. Yeah. Um, mm. Don't ask what you can do for your country. Ask what your country can do for you. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's got like, like again, very anti-war. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that I, I read that Dave had a, a weird thing. He reads the Panzers will permeate them. He says it felt weird because Marty Friedman is Jewish. And um, it's you know, I guess like the Panzers being, you know, German tanks or whatever. Uh, right. Which All right, that makes I sense. You know, I mean, I, I could feel weird. I could feel, I could, I can see you feeling weird about it, Dave, but you don't really seem to care that much anymore. Anyway. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the right at the end of this, how the song ends where it's just like, Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is a, yeah, but I, I like I said, I like the the call and response, the uh got one chance, infiltrate them, you know. Um but um get it right, permeate them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh that's that's the one that sets me and it you know, it's a short it's a thrash song. About as simple as it gets too. Like uh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, then we move on to Five Magics that okay. opens with a cool, like, climbing bass line and then, like, some, like, triumphant guitar comes in. He's got some really late 70s, early 80s, like, fantasy lyrics in this shit, too. Oh, yeah, it's about <laughs> magic and wizards and shit. I yeah, love it. Yeah. You've got, I, I love this, uh, dethrone evil princes, iron fists in velvet gloves of sin. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wrote down stuff like, uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I just wrote down the, the fantasy lyrics, electricity, magic, if you please. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, this... it's got a long intro too. That yeah. uh, baseline guitar thing goes on for like over two minutes, and then that, it goes though. into a nice like chuggy riff with yeah. solos blazing. Yeah, the, there's lots of the solos in here of showboating big time. Like, like honestly, they wanted to show off how badass they are a guitar. Um, this would be the song to me. Like, like just... Uh, if I had one complaint about this song, mm-hmm. they start... They do this vocal effect where they, like, lower the voices. That's weird, right? It sounds cheesy. It sounds so cheesy yeah, and not great. Very very 90s studio magic when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah, like, it doesn't sound the best. Um, I think... Um, but speaking, like I did on Hangar 18, about, uh, like, mishearing lyrics... Mm-hmm. There's a part where he says my ma- or I've mastered or my master five magics. It sounds like he says thigh master, <laughs> like the little uh, little workout yeah, machine yeah, from the eighties, nineties. So, thigh master, <laughs> I, five magics. I I have like there's a lot of stuff in here that I kind of love the cheesy lyrics like give me sorcery, thermatology. I'm like oh, okay, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, if you're going to sing about wizards and magic, yeah. like go all in on it. Yeah. Don't try to make it cool. Yeah. So apparently it's based off a 1980 fantasy novel, Master of the Five Magics. Um, I'll read it. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, yeah. Uh, I'll do it too. <laughs> But I, I want to watch. I want to read about that wizard using a thigh mask. <laughs> I wonder if he had to change the lyrics of it, because it's you know it's about like satanic things, you know. Like, I think so. I I this might have been one. There's another song called like the Conjuring off there. Uh, I think Peace Sells mm. that he wouldn't do anymore. But uh, I don't know if it's still the state of Megadeth. But at one point they had Lamb of God's drummer. Mm. Okay. Um, and I think he became friends with the singer. I don't know who's in Lamb of God, but there's somebody in Lamb of God named Randy who, <laughs> oh, Randy, uh, who had mentioned to Dave Mustaine, like, Hey, you don't have to stop playing the songs. What if you just change the lyrics? And I think they did that so they can start playing those songs again. Mm. So to, maybe I used to as I lay dying and Lamb of God mixed up for some dumb reason. Um, yeah, they're both kind of from the same era and they yeah. i think they had, they probably had some crossover fans yeah probably in uh do you remember when that satellite dying singer went to jail for uh putting a hit out on his ex-wife yeah yeah he's back out now and i think as i lay dying is back together or they were for yeah. a bit just the singer like like everyone else was like i don't want nothing to do with this guy that that I, I, i'm sorry singer one guy from as i lay dying uh i i think they had a they tried to do a full reunion oh shit I, I if I'm not mistaken, I don't know I'm if not, I could, I don't, I'm not saying on my as I lay dying. I don't, I don't know but. if I could, if I could do that. Like 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 uh-uh. yeah, like if like hey my uh, we front man, you put a hit out on his wife. Are you feeling good about that? I'm like, no, I'm not feeling good about that. Like, no, I the want nothing to do with this money. guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving uh, on. Let's move on to Poison Was the Cure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, another another cool bass intro on this one. Yeah, cool creeping sort of intro like. Uh, uh, it's this just, one he crams so much lyrics into this one song like I felt like when I was I was on my phone looking at the lyrics I felt like I was scrolling forever and I was like this song isn't that long yeah yeah it, it, but uh, it's pretty obviously about about drugs and a relationship he had while he was doing drugs I mean I guess it's heroin that, that seems like the yeah maybe the popular yeah, drug back just, in that time this sounds like a post breakup song like yeah lady maybe is a snake but, uh, there's a line uh dragon sleeping in my veins oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah uh but loves a tide pool taste the water life's abundant taste me <laughs> yeah taste me <laughs> which i love the riff on this one too really cool just like little like speed metal yeah it's a, it's thing. a it's a cute little song it's also not that long it's almost three minute song which is short when it comes to songs on this record cause Songs in here about average like five and a half minutes generally. Um, yeah, yeah. So especially like, the like two parter songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a cool song. I like the song. I don't. I don't really have much to say about it other than that. Uh, again, like what I'm gonna say this about all the songs of the record is that anytime they do a solo, it's just it's top notch. It's ridiculous. Yep, great solos, yeah. great riffs. Yeah. Like I don't know how they thought of so many like. So many great riffs in such a short amount of time, like mm-hmm. on just on one album. Like I feel like it's so rare that like every riff on an album becomes iconic. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a career's worth of 
classic iconic riffs packed into one album. It makes you wonder how wonder what happened. You know, like yeah, because they didn't stay this good. I they in the future they did like maybe two or three songs that I think are pretty okay. Like I I like Symphony of Destruction, but I I think Dave Mustaine maybe tried to trend chase a little too much. Mm. And he, he's kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit and Megadeth badly suffered for it. Do you think he's like, holy shit, I want the black album for me? Do you think he's like yeah, that? and I think that's what, what ended up happening is uh, they did a couple albums, uh, like Euthanasia and whatever album uh, Symphony of Destruction's on. That's on, kind of, that's on Euthanasia, by the way. It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, they kind of tried to make things simpler at one point, they made a grunge album. <laughs> it's bad. What is, what is it called? Like, is that, I might want to check that out. Oh, fuck. I can't remember I'll what find it's it. called. It's, it's I'll look it up. I know what the cover looks like, okay. so I'll I'll let you know. Um, but let's move on to Lucretia. Which is a... Th- mm, it's about... To me, it's a love song about, like, some... Uh, or, like, a... Uh, or, like, a, a haunted house. I don't... I couldn't figure it out. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, no, not a love song, but it, I like, I do like the imagery in this, you know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know 100% what this track's about. Maybe, maybe he's being haunted by a witch or stalked it's, by a witch. Um, but it opens with this weird little like laugh at the beginning. Yeah, you put that in the, in the snap. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, because it is it, is it a woman's laugh? I don't know. I think it's just a cackle funny laugh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he references himself. He's like, all my friends say, Hey Dave, you're mental anyway. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's about like being haunted, stalked by a witch. Um, I'd like it's got some s- solid riffage, but I think this one comparably feels a little bit lighter compared l- to the rest of the tracks. I'd like to see him actually do a, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see a, a video of this. Like, not a video, but like a music video to where he's tiptoeing through a house and he's looking scared and walks through cobwebs. And he's, I just want to see him do it because I can't, in my head, I see it already. Just Dave Mustaine doing that because mm-hmm. he's such a douche and asshole and he, he's so weird, such a weirdo. But, um, yeah, Lucretia. Uh, I think <laughs> their uh grunge album is called Risk. Risk, okay. Uh, I, I know it's gonna be bad, I just didn't, I just. I just want to laugh at it for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I probably won't. I mean, I'll probably listen to one song and be like, that's good. I understand. And it Symphony now. of Destruction is on Countdown to Extinction, not well, Euthanasia. I'm wrong, guys. Go ahead and send a hate mail to me. <laughs> uh, All you, right. I mentioned, this, I mentioned this last episode, but I lean, lean into the hate mail. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's go to Tornado of Souls, which I think is another just solidly catchy track this one is pretty pretty easily about about uh relationships like about a relationship that disintegrated uh to me yeah or just all the interpersonal relationships he has kind of just like retaking control of his life where he's been like surrounded by negativity but he's safe with himself in the middle yeah it's a, He's in the eye of the tornado, which for years I thought it was the aisle of tornado. <laughs> which is, uh, honestly, that's a little bit cooler. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not an island that has tornadoes on it. Um, but then he turns the negativity back 
so he has power over them. And, that's right. That's right. Good. Show how it's done, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a dick to me. Well, guess what? I'm a dick. Now back. me you. How about that? This is probably this was this a, was this a um huh, was this a single? Um, no. The only singles were Holy Wars and Hangar 18. Okay, because this one, uh, if you're looking at some sites, this is the one that has like the second most like people look at these lyrics, like the second most, as opposed. To, um, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a good track. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, just <laughs> but, oh, it's so catchy. Just and now I'm safe in the eye of tornado. Yeah, this, yeah, baby, about and there go days go. This this ends with a killer solo though, like like the other guitar solo between verse three and four. Man, oh yeah, <sighs> this is Megadeth's third most listened to song on Spotify. This is at the point also like Lucretia is the front where I, I, I was thinking, okay, Luc- uh, I want to mention is my second favorite one, but like this this is when you sort of realize. Okay, Dave Mustaine's hitting those high notes now. <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, okay, that's 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 cool, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's certainly not my favorite singer, but sometimes, like with this album, the voice works pretty well. Can I- uh, and often, uh, other albums, it does not. I think there needs to be a certain amount of like heaviness for it to work and he i think they can't get much heavier than this without it sounding bad can i read you what dave mustang said in 1990 about about this song yeah okay i'm gonna try to Hit say me. i wrote that one about my fiance of six years who i broke up with the last october i just had it the way i look at it most reds most redheads are either gorgeous or ugly i don't consider myself gorgeous and don't think i'm the latter but i get my share of nice women i tend to go out and show show my oats if you know what i mean like he said, show and says so because he's an idiot. Um, uh, uh, so I want to go out and see what I can do. Is I'm extremely healthy and look a lot different because I've been exercising a lot. I'll just sit around inside of the house and party. I still have a great time, but I'm looking forward to seeing the women who are out there after I have done my job and worked my ass off with the best music I can play. Now I want to see what the rewards are. Instead of looking at the guy standing on the corner with certain things that I want or need, this time I'm looking at the opposite success to give me what I want. Without being around the bush, I'm trying to tell you that I don't want to get high. I'd rather get horny. What the fuck, Dave? I just, I feel like I don't want to hang out with Dave Mustaine. No, no. <laughs> I look good. I know I look good, and I'm going to get some. I'm in exercise. I can do like five, six push-ups yeah, at a time now, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to get some pussy, too. That's what he's basically <laughs> saying. Um, but, um, yeah. uh, but let's move on to the one, the one stinker on here. Luckily, it's short. Dawn Patrol. So it's just a baseline the whole time. Um, just a baseline, not not even a particularly interesting baseline. No, with Dave Mustaine like croaking like a frog, just kind of narrating. Yeah, and uh, he also is a nervous system jerk. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, at some point he makes like little like kissy noises, where he's like, yeah, it's horrible. Um, but yeah, world is ending because of pollution. Yeah, uh, but we pretend it's all cool and go back to work, um, and yeah. then we end our lives as moles. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, he's it's, just yeah. Pollution is bad. I think he's also da, talking da, da, about da. talking about like uh, what the world looks like after nuclear war. You know, he talks about uh, thermal countdowns rising, 
Uh, but yeah, thermal counts rising yeah, as I shoot my epitaph. <laughs> God, it's I hate this song so much. Yeah, it's it's a lame song. I wonder why they even put it on the fucking record. I don't know. Mm. Maybe they needed to fill two more minutes. <laughs> Maybe they were contractually obligated to make the record however long. <laughs> well, um, but we will wrap it up. On a positive note, with my favorite track on the album, Rest in Peace, dot, 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 Polaris, another multi-part track. And probably the best um, one on there. I, I would say, to me, it's the best one. Yeah, I would say, as next long as you don't pick Dawn Patrol, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm cool with you picking any of the other tracks on here as a favorite track. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you like Tornado of Souls? Well, <laughs> It's no rest in peace, but whatever. Well, I, well, my thing is about about this song, and uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, this song after uh, Dawn of Dawn Patrol is that eight, eight songs is still a record to me. Like, like exactly. Like even when we have these two parts, like Rest in Peace, Boris, and in um in the first one, which is a uh, don't tell me, uh fucking oh uh, yeah, uh Holy War is the punch to do. Those to me like. To me, this is a, it's a, it's a um, it's a thirteen song, a, a twelve song record, right? So like, right? You Dawn Patrol doesn't add anything to it. It just it doesn't get a bad taste in my mouth. But I'm glad they did this one afterwards because it's such a good song. Like it's it's a killer song after that. At first, it's yeah, kinda, it's it, at first it's kind of weird. At first, you made me still into it, like the tremble you weakling scour and fear, and then he gets back to it and it's good. <laughs> so like, I love it. I mean, it opens with the like very cool, like almost like a drum solo as an intro. Mm -hmm. Just very like Tom and double bass drum heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's from like the point of view of a nuke. That's a pretty um, cool idea, right? Yeah. You got, you know, it's like the titular track. You've got the line warheads will all rust in peace, which I believe is what the bumper sticker said that he got the <laughs> album title from. Um, it does kind of have a weird, a weird line. Like I understand it, but it's really hard to make like rotten egg sound like menacing, like the word <laughs> rotten egg. Cause it's such like a cartoony bad smell. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Captain underpants should be saying <laughs> rotten egg. not this well, track about think, like potential into the world, but well, yeah, yeah, rotten egg smell of death. A rotten egg air of death wrestles your nostrils. He should have said something different, but uh, but like he's he's sort of using the sulfur aspect of it because why doesn't he say sulfurous? Yeah, he should have. He didn't. But, you know, he's kind of an idiot, you know. Yeah, he, it's the same. He doesn't amount want, of syllables. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to get high. He wants to get horny. Okay. But, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, when I was in um when I was in Iceland, the name dropped. Uh, so the the hot water there is all uh, done. It's geothermal, so right. they don't have air water here. Is the hot water comes straight out of the fucking ground, and so. Uh, but one of the the bad things to that is that it smells like a rotten egg, kind of the water. That's it, Polaris. Yeah, <laughs> it's Polaris. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, this album, or this song's got like a false ending to it, and then it's got like the reverse cymbal hit sound. Yeah, and a heavy riff comes back, which I love, and I think that's my one of my favorite sections on the whole album. It's a heavy. It's got song. A really, it's, yeah, it's 
Oh, it's a really good ending to this album. Gets that uh, Dawn Patrol taste out of your mouth. The rotten egg taste of Dawn Patrol. <laughs> um, I do you want to mention that Dave's listening is talking about how he came up with any of the record? He was. He says, I was tailgating someone, which sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> I was being a huge dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, the, mm, the, the Polaris is... It's it's got like very low not about whole lot of lyrics and it just says Earth population loves Polaris eradication of or whatever and yeah it's it's the perfect way to end the record honestly like like I couldn't think of a better way to end the record unless they put creation on there which is the worst way than the record oh god I do recommend like listen to creation it's there or my creation it's there anyway I think it's about Frankenstein or something oh, yeah. who knows <laughs> but it's just like. It is so bad and it's included on like every version of the album now because mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know if you can get this thing like not expanded anymore. Like the version I own on CD is the expanded oh, version. You have it on CD, yeah. I did. I think uh I think it got scratched or got ruined somehow, so I don't have it anymore. Yeah. Um but that's how I know of my creation is like it was on there and I think it was the closing track. Or no, because it's that and then like a bunch of demos. So, but it was just like, why? Why include these? So did you, when you had C's, did you take a meticulous care of them? Uh, no. Okay, I was. I had the CD book and like had like that's what I used. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I tried to take care as much as I can. But I have this, I had this friend of mine, uh, and there was sort of thing like to not take care of CDs. That was it bothered me because I'm like, I'll show her the CD. I'm like the stuff on this is like is precious to me. <laughs> like like yeah. Uh, well, it's it, like I'd I'd put stuff back. I wouldn't leave yeah. it like face ups or face down sitting around or anything. But I mean, yeah, but, but stuff happens to it. Those CD books, but yeah, definitely but, fucked up a lot of my CDs. What I wanted to say about about that, about that is that she she had a boyfriend who like wrote a song for her. And that was one of the things he said he loved about her. I'm like, there's no way he loves that about you. There's no fucking yeah. way. <laughs> she ruins things yeah, that yeah. cost money that are very easy to take care of. Yeah, and, and to me, like every CD I had at the tw- the ones I loved, they were precious to me. So if she was there and didn't take care of them, it bothered the fuck out of me because I'm like, I don't want to buy this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I don't have to worry about that. We got Spotify. You can scratch up all you want. Um, yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, music. Whatever it is you do with Spotify to ruin it, yeah, or 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 you know, Bandcamp, wherever you guys want to get your music from. I'm I'm ain't judging, uh, but um, yeah, I, I this this is a great two song song. It's amazing. It's the best way to end it, and it's probably my favorite songs on the track. Like, my, yeah, yeah, good um, choice, good choice. <sighs> so that's um, Megadeth's only good record. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, rest in peace. But you know, I think it's time for you. Oh, do you have anything else you want to say about about this? No, that's it. I'm ready for a new theme. All right, let's do this. One second. Let me open up this hat and shake it up a bit. Okay, what I'm pulling out. Uh, Trying to grip one, not two. Okay. Fuck, dude. I'm trying to grab just one. I grab like seven of them. Oh wow! This is going. Albums that changed your life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other one was mi- albums uh, missing the album covers. And I almost I was meant to take that one out because I think it's a little weird. 
Um, no, I like that one. You want to do that one, Sid? I, I think I recommended that one like less than a month ago. Okay, let's do let's do that one. Uh, missing the album. No, see later. I already wrote down albums that changed your life. Okay, well, okay, we'll do that one. All right, I, I have several. Um, but uh, uh, I think I like I'm almost positive I know what it's gonna be, but I will I'll look a little bit more. Okay, it, mine might be a little embarrassing. So um, mine but, won't. Okay, okay, okay you'll be like, yeah, this, this is obviously changed my life. Um, but uh, are, you, are you ready to? Um, yeah. So I think that yeah, next next show, next full length episode. Uh, barring us hearing from any celebrities that want to do the show, uh, will be um, albums that change your life. Um, that's not it. <laughs> What's she going, pal? Uh, me and a friend of mine do the music for this podcast. So if you like the outro or the intro, uh, feel free to check us out. We are on smell.bandcamp.com mm-hmm. and all of our music is free. Like the third Harvey Danger album. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, and it's, guys, just so you know, it's stylized as smell. So, um, but yeah, it's just smell.bandcamp.com, which I'm, I bet you're glad you got that, that name in there. Like, cause it's a pretty common. I know. Word. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to get uh, short one word things anymore. Like I was looking at the record night, Facebook.com slash record night. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, if you guys want to hear what about me, you, uh, you guys want to hear more, more of my droning voice, or if it's droning, I don't know how you feel about it, or my mush mouth, better way to put it. Uh, you can listen to movies on Suck and Some They Do. That's my podcast I do weekly. We do generally new movies. Uh, I'm not going to say what we're doing this week, because this might come out weeks and weeks from then. But um, I'm super excited. I see Nope Friday, though. Pretty excited. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about Nope. Um, did you like us? The last, the, that last Jordan Peele movie? Yeah, I've liked everything yeah. uh, Jordan Peele's done. Yeah, I talked to two people about, about seeing Nope, or three people about seeing Nope, and they all said the same thing. They said, I hope it's better than Us. And I'm like, I liked Us, though. I thought Us was really good, I think. This isn't a movie okay, podcast. Okay. We'll get into I, sorry, it later. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay, us, okay. us is very good, but misunderstood. Okay. All right, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening to Rick Knight. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.